1: Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week.
1: And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Hello, hello, hello.
0: Are you RuPaul? (laughs) so RuPaul enters a room
1: is it really I've never seen RuPaul's Drag Race
0: oh I cannot believe we're here again
1: again I know here we are again another week of editing is in the books and we are back again (laughs) to once again edit again next week
0: (laughs) I'd like how many times you said again I I feel like you didn't say it enough really want to get that point across.
1: Mm-hmm, that we hate editing so much. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we hope it sounds good. I mean, just because we hate it doesn't mean we don't put in effort.
1: I know. I mean, yeah, once I edit the podcast, I feel so accomplished for the day that I'm like, I don't have to do anything else today because I edit the podcast. It's done. I don't have to do it again until like another two weeks. But I'm just accomplished for the day.
0: I feel the same way.
1: <laughs> but you guys are so worth it. You, we mm-hmm. appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you guys leaving group reviews for us you guys liking our episodes it really does motivate and push us to keep going
0: and also it's a lot of fun we talk about some crazy stuff and drink cocktails and have a good time so that's
1: right i mean we're passionate about true crime about conspiracies so here we are living our best life and
0: speaking of podcasts and cocktails what are you drinking today sean
1: well you caught me mid slurp (laughs) Ooh, slurp! what a word (laughs) so today i have this little concoction which I already drank half of it in our like our pre-recording in, before we start the podcast <laughs> it's a black cherry limeade with Ooh. a shot of vodka and it is currently ten forty-five in the morning
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could see the color it looks so yummy actually it
1: is so good summery like it's going to be 60 degrees here in the northeast tomorrow so I'm very oh, it excited was, about that it
0: was 70 yesterday oh, here
1: oh my god was it
0: mm-hmm. went out on the balcony read old goosebumps books it was great <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Were those the ones that I got
0: you? Yeah. Yes.
1: And Megan, what are you drinking today?
0: Oh, yes. I am bringing back an old favorite, the Kirkland brand of Bailey's. Old faithful. (laughs) Old faithful. So I have my coffee for caffeine and the cheap wine cocktail for (laughs) the little zest.
1: Costco's greatest. And
0: for (laughs) listeners that aren't like around the New England area, it's like a Sam's Club or a BJ's, just so you guys know. That's good to mention
1: because we not only have listeners in the u.s we have listeners in ireland uh, the united kingdom sweden and even bosnia believe it mm-hmm. or not
0: that is so cool i love that, that i know people from around the world are enjoying our podcast that's just so fun to me
1: so if without further ado mm-hmm. megan let's get right into the
0: podcast Today we have a true crime, but it's not a murder. This is some rich people, white-collar bullshit, we'll call it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone remembers the college admission scandal with Aunt Becky going to jail. <laughs> what a twist of fate that was. Yes. So we watched the the Netflix documentary.
1: Oh my god, what is it called?
0: Operation Varsity Blues, the college admission scandal. Oh, is that it? Okay. And I feel like Netflix really needs to work on naming their <laughs> documentaries because it is so hard to remember so hard to say they're about 15 words long it's Ridiculous. Yep. so we want to give you guys an overview for those who don't know the logistics all of the little nooks and crannies this documentary is very hard to follow i feel like so we yeah like sean was saying before our our pre-podcast meeting we really had to like talk about how we were going to go about it so we're just going to give you guys an overview and then we're going to talk about the movie in between so it's not going to be like how we usually do like, oh, 40 minutes in this happens. So yeah,
1: we basically were like, fuck it. This is too hard. Let's have a little chit chat session.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be chit chat. Just like
1: talk about it. The overview of it. Oh my God. But I got he's... a pistachio fucking nut. It's stuck in my throat. <laughs> I can feel it.
0: Why are they trying to kill you? Your pistachio. <laughs> I know.
1: So if you guys keep hearing me doing <clears throat> it's I'm trying to get the fucking shell out of my throat. Well, not the shell, but it's like the the exoskeleton of like the nut. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know exactly what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like papery, right? That <laughs> yes. little, little part. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: The exoskeleton.
0: <laughs> Very scientific for a pistachio, but... <laughs>
1: Alrighty, so let's give you guys a little overview of the scandal. If you guys don't know the college admission scandal, it's been going on uh, since 2011. Where the kingpin of the operation, his name is Rick Singer. He is the mastermind of this scandal that only really came to light recently. Was it 2020 that when I think
0: it was the like end of 2019?
1: Was it? It was the end of 2019 when really things were starting to surface, and the 33 parents that were involved with Rick Singer were. Solid after by the FBI and charged by the FBI. Ultimately what came from it was uh, the uncovering of a massive operation of fraud.
0: Not only that, I feel like but in the documentary they talk about how fucked up college admissions are. Like, yes. We get videos of these kids crying because they didn't get into their school and saying how they're useless, they're stupid, they're just going to give up, and, and mm-hmm. highlighting how much pressure it is to get into these quote good schools, Ivy League schools, To get into college, to have the best of the best, and if you don't, then you're worthless. I'm so scared. (laughs) You just check it. No matter what happens, you're gonna be fine. You have to face it. You have to face it. Yeah, you're
1: gonna be fine. I promise. You got (laughs) deferred. You got (laughs) deferred? i think that's a good place to start to start with like if you guys can remember back whether however old you are if you're currently going through the college admission process or you're like a sophomore in high school the pressures that are put on these kids today not only from their peers but from their counselors from their parents to get into these colleges is absurd really the only ranking process of these colleges today is by prestige which they go into depth in the documentary where the rankings the current rankings for these colleges is only ranked by one thing and that is prestige
0: right they have a a bunch of consultants a lot of them are like sat prep people or people in the admissions line of work and everything they were saying how the ranking is really inflated like the more people you reject the higher prestige it is Mm -hmm. and they even say how prestigious the school is is not indicative of the value of education you can get a good education at community college as you can at princeton or Harvard or Yale. It's
1: typically accepted that Ivy League institutions are the quote unquote best in the country, but all of those differences have almost nothing to do with the academics of the institution. US News started ranking colleges in the 80s based on one criteria
0: prestige all it always comes down to money how much (laughs) money they have how much people are willing to pay just follow the money
1: and it really is sometimes not even the kids it's more of the parents that might have never gone to these prestigious schools but now they have all these really rich friends and they want to tell their friends and family that oh my god Billy Bob is going to Stanford this year (laughs) he got into Stanford he got into USC he got into Yale you know he's so smart he's like just going so far and life because he's going to one of these Ivy League schools. It's more for the parents to brag about where their kids are going to school.
0: Right. That's a huge point and that's why a lot of these families that asked for Rick's services were all rich people. They were rich. They wanted to keep up with the Joneses.
1: Back in the early like 2010s, is that a word? (laughs) Back in like the early 2010s this is where Rick Singer really started his business. He was once a basketball coach for a college and they've said that he was too aggressive with the students on the court working with the kids coaching them they fired him once the college's basketball team had a really bad season there were like two and like 25 or something so they fire the entire basketball coaching staff and that's when rick was like oh shit man i better figure out something else to do in my life that's when he got into private counseling for students getting into college and he was one of the first of its kind in the sacramento area so
0: he started out legitimate he definitely had some unique tactics. And we see interviews from other men and women that are SAT and ACT prep people. And there's this one woman, I think her name was Margot, if I remember correctly. And she had it out for him. She's like, I know he's shady. There's just something not right with him. And we were talking about this earlier. It's hysterical. She's like stalking him to try to see him slip up. So she's printing, which is hysterical to me. She's printing his website. She's (laughs) Mm -hmm. following his schedules and records and everything keeping an eye on him so within the circle people were like he's just a little bit off and he was really intense with the kids that he was working with. Because I was always suspicious of Rick Singer I started to keep a file I started copying things off as a website One thing that was interesting that they talked about in the film was that he still dressed like a basketball coach. He took his coaching expertise and if you call it that <laughs> brought it into the SAT ACT prep world.
1: Mm-hmm. Because he wanted students to or he wanted his clients not students to see him as like a coach so that's why he dressed like that he dressed as like a basketball coach like the environment that they were in was you know more of a coaching mentality whereas if he walked in with a suit it would be like we're getting business done today <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it's intimidating for kids You're thinking these kids are probably 15 16 17 you see this weird ass guy come in with a suit <gasps> for something you're already terrified about yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Margot was the originator of receipts.
0: <laughs> yes. She literally was printing things. I, I, lo- I just love to print a website. I just, I love it.
1: Well, you know, she was doing that because she would notice he was making changes on the website. So she started seeing those changes and she was like, well, I'm going to start printing it off. So when he changes it, I can be like, he's, he's changing wording. He's changing what he's claiming in this website. She knew from the jump what was going on. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And uh, she becomes very satisfied at the end. <laughs> <laughs> of all this. So slowly while he was doing his above board stuff, he started to learn more and more about how admissions work and how people were desperate to get in. And so this is when he started to get a little shady <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's all about the money. First, I want to start with how there's three ways, he says, about getting into college. Getting in the front door, which is getting in on your own volition with hard work. The back door, which is donating money, so much money, this is for the rich people, in hopes that, and it's never guaranteed And hosts at the school will notice and yeah. be like, wow, well, that's a lot of money, we'll admit this kid. Mm-hmm. And his way is the side door, which is a lot cheaper than going in the back door and is guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And essentially the side door was, bribing, lying, and money fraud. (laughs) So
1: let's start with where Rick Singer really started doing this was when he was working as a college basketball coach. He knew the ins and out of the student-athlete admission process. He knew ways to manipulate and find loopholes in the student-athlete recruiting system to get students accepted to the college. So where Megan mentioned the front door is basically just you applying to Stanford and hoping and praying that you get in the back door your family doting millions and millions of dollars where in the documentary they're mentioning you have to be donating a hundred million or more to even get noticed by these colleges and to even get like for them to even bat an eye at possibly accepting you into the college, which the back backdoor today is, is still a thing. Rich people are still donating millions of dollars into these colleges in the hopes that their kids can go there one day. They might donate $100 million and they might not even get into the school. So,
0: <laughs> Right, it's not guaranteed.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's why Rick saw an avenue into the side door method in manipulating the student-athlete avenue of getting into these schools. Where it was a guaranteed admission process for these parents that was one of these kids that go to the Ivy League schools.
0: What he did was mainly, like you would said, through the sports admission because he knew how that worked. He targeted small sports that didn't have a lot of money and needed money mm-hmm. like sailing, water polo, equestrian. Even though he did have connections with Yale soccer and what they would do is that he would essentially just create this profile, this fake profile of this child. He would Photoshop pictures of them doing sports <laughs> which was so funny. He would pretend that they did stuff in school they did these sports in school and stuff and the next step was to have someone on the inside he would have either like the head of sports admissions or coach on the polo team he would pay for a spot and the child didn't have to go to practice they didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. but they were rec- recruited as a, a walk-on and didn't have to do anything it was all a lie the parents would pay him money to his fake thing called the key foundation which was for unfortunate children that need a leg up in the college arena and he would use that to funnel money to the coaches to the schools to the people he was bribing they would get in and they wouldn't have to do sports and it was all a lie
1: this is like a master masterminding plan how in the hell is he collaborating with the athletic director of usc like that's the highest position in the sports department at a college to manipulate the recruiting process to get these kids in there, and he's paying these athletic directors and these coaches hundreds of thousands of dollars to get his clients' kids a spot on the team. As Megan was talking about how the process worked, once the colleges, once the sports departments would confirm that this student would be a walk-on for the new year, then Rick would contact the parents and say, the deed is done. Your student will be accepted. They'll be a walk-on for water polo. Even though they have never played water polo in their life, the parents would pay Rick, and then Rick would pay the coach. Done deal. The students accepted. Mm-hmm. Crazy.
0: When I was thinking about this, like, if they're soccer coach at Yale, the USC athletic director, they're probably getting paid so much. Why do they need more money? I know. Maybe that's a poor person's perspective. Well, but... actually,
1: <laughs> I know the answer to that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yes, they're getting paid a lot, but also at these colleges, which is also something that Rick Singer knew about, is the pressures that are put on you to not only coach your team to win. In college, you are there to win you're not there to have fun the best players are playing the best players are playing to win because the more you win the more notoriety that your sports department gets the more money your sports department gets to use on traveling for uniforms the more you win the more money you get basically more money the college gives you so there's pressure put on these coaches to not only win but to also fundraise for their team. As Megan was saying prior, sports like water polo and equestrian and sailing, these sports don't get the kind of money that the men's basketball program gets. The men's soccer program might get. Women's basketball team, they're not getting as much money. So these coaches that are on these teams that are a a smaller incoming fundraising (laughs) amount, they're more apt to take these bribes from Rick Singer to make a little extra money. Mm -hmm,
0: To keep their sports team alive. Like
1: that's the other thing with these sports teams, Stanford's not making any money on their sailing team. They're not making anything on the sailing team. You know, that's just like an extracurricular, basically, to get more students interested in the school to get them to apply to go to that college Getting their money on the big time sports that are on NCAA March Madness. They're making all their money on men's basketball. They don't care about water polo. That's just Mm -hmm. an extra thing that they're providing for their students.
0: Well, and I was also going to say, you've even experienced this yourself with um, college coaches trying to (laughs) fundraise.
1: So guys, if you didn't know... (laughs) I
0: played college
1: Division Three tennis. My position was bench.
0: And you warmed it so good, honey. (laughs) I
1: warmed it so well. But recently, so we are in 2021. I graduated college in 2016. My college tennis coach just sent a group chat to all of the alumni from the tennis team for donations to help support. Sorry, but it's been about five years since I've graduated and you're still messaging me for money. (laughs) So I can only imagine that the tennis team is probably hurting. The athletic director is like, yo, like, where's the money? Start fundraising, get some money in here your department's not doing as well as it once did so start contacting some ex alumni and start getting some money back in here that's the pressure they're under
0: i know and when you told me about that i was like oh my god the documentary was right they put pressure on these sports and i would say probably no offense but the basketball team is probably more than making more than the tennis team you know do we even have a yeah. basketball team <laughs> yeah we did oh (laughs) oh yeah i didn't i didn't go to any i i went to like two of your matches
1: yeah well that's the thing like tennis personally at our matches we had like three or four spectators and we're on the campus like a thousand students and we have three fans yes and then you go to the basketball game and it's like 300 people are there in support of the basketball team. So yeah, I mean, it's just facts. <laughs> it's just what it is.
0: So yeah, there's a little like real world connection there. Yes. Another huge pressure point for kids and Singer knew this because he was an ACT and SAT coach. I guess he liked to think of himself <laughs> was how much pressure was on these tests and how kids were terrified and studying so hard. These wealthier families were paying up to 500 an hour to help with these, to help them study. And it wasn't even a guarantee. They were just helping them study. Mm-hmm. So he had a whole method of cheating. This is what it was. It was cheating on the SATs and ACTs. And he would charge families 75000 per test to do it his way. Yep. And so what he did was have the families claim that they had like learning disability. And so they needed more time and special accommodations. And so a lot of these kids, they didn't have any learning disabilities or issues.
1: What he would do, what he would, he had ends with everybody, not only the college admission department, the sports directors, he had psychologists that he would work with to create fake detailed paperwork for these students per fake report would cost around four to $5,000. So Rick would pay these psychologists to make these fake learning disabilities for these students. So they would be able to get extended timing on the SAT and the ACT.
0: The whole point of getting the kid extended time so that he could get in his personal progress. To help. And this guy's name was Mark Riddle. He would get $10,000 a tests and he was like a test taking genius. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I want my kid to get a 34, not too high to be suspicious, yep. but just enough. And he would know exactly how many answers he would need to get right to get a certain score. This
1: guy, Mark Riddle, didn't cheat. He didn't do anything. He was just a great test taker. He knew this test in and out and he could take the test and know what score the student was going to get.
0: Which I thought was interesting. One of the people that they interviewed that said that was. Like a part of the ACT SAT prep circle, said any good test prepper worth their salt would be able to do that. I think he was a little jelly
1: because he was like, (laughs) It's just, it depends on how far you want to go. One of the things that amuses me and annoys me when I see most of the reports around him being a you know test taking savant or whatever they choose to call him on the moment, um, he's an adult who's taking a test designed for 11th graders. Anyone worth their salt in the test preparation industry should be able to do what he did the question is would they be willing
0: to do it he's better than mark rydell he's Um, like oh i could have done that (laughs) so the plan was to have the parents take their kids on like a fake vacation plan and he would have them say oh make vacation plans or that you're looking at schools and so while he was there he'd fly out Mark Rydell and it would just be him as the proctor and the kid and the kid usually they didn't want their kids to know that they didn't believe in them and that they were cheating for them yeah so the kid would take the test and because it was a special learning disability setup they would actually fill it out on a separate piece of paper hand it in to Mark and then Mark would and what the proctor is supposed to do in those situations is transfer their answers to the to the real test but what he did was he would just fill it out as he was paid to do and usually. sometimes the kids knew about it and were like yeah i want to get into this school do whatever you can mommy daddy give me money
1: yeah basically. but most
0: of the kids had no idea that was their way of keeping the kids ego i guess safe and yeah
1: because then they open their laptop and they're like oh my god i scored a 34 out of 36 on the act i'm like really smart wow that's so crazy like you know was it just in like an oopsie like wow that's so cool i'm so smart
0: oh and i love this piece there's this one woman i don't remember her name Maybe once I get going, you'll remember. she. I know who you're
1: talking about. I don't know her name, though. (laughs) Oh,
0: she was one of the parents, and she was talking to Rick, and she was like, my older daughter, she's dumb. She doesn't care. Like, she'll do whatever I say. She won't question it. But my younger daughter, she's actually studying. What on earth? She's like, she's going to pick up on it. She's actually smart and just, like, so candidly talking about her kids like that. The only thing is, my younger daughter is not like my older daughter. She's not stupid and these are all real conversations that we see in the documentary these are all like transcripts that the FBI listened to imagine being this woman's kids and especially the older daughter and hearing your mother say that you're an idiot (laughs) essentially but my my younger daughter she's actually studying can you believe that what a nerd
1: she's worried she's like she's gonna figure it out like she's not stupid she knows like I'm already like scrambling and like being sneaky what am I gonna tell her when I tell her that we're flying to Los Angeles to take your SAT I would be like mom that's so sketch like what Mm -hmm. are you talking about that's so weird and I'm
0: thinking like I I did pretty pretty poorly on the SATs but if it came back as a really good score I may not be book smart very much (laughs) but I would be able to know okay I know I did not do this well like (laughs) yeah I think that was her younger daughter
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I guess when it comes to like I never strive to get into Ivy League if you're that kind of kid and parent okay whatever I don't care my score is my score and I'm going to to the school, so that's all that matters.
0: Right, yeah, I I knew I was not, I was not rich enough or smart enough to get into <laughs> these Ivy Leagues, so I never struggled with that.
1: <laughs> yep, so one of the other main, he seems to be the goodest of the eggs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Aww.
1: <laughs> we have John Vandermore, which he is the, the head sailing coach at Stanford, and John Vandermore finds himself in a little bit of a sticky situation, and he does seem like a really good guy, and he got caught hot up in all this but he did do some kind of shady things
0: if not a little naive and perhaps stupid
1: yeah
0: <laughs> bless his heart
1: so we find john vandemore in a sticky situation with rick singer which another tactic of rick's was to target again these sports that didn't get a lot of fundraising so he would call up these coaches and say hey i got i got an offer for you that you probably can't refuse <laughs> and he calls up john vandemore and he says i have a student i have a client who their child would like to go to stanford is there any way that you can help me with that and john vandemore goes on to say like oh sorry like our recruiting is already done for for the year, blah, blah, blah. We're not really looking for anybody else. And then Rick Singer puts on his charm and he tells him basically what's gonna happen. And then once John Vandermore finds out how much money he's gonna make from doing this, then he's in on it. Because again, like we're mentioning, there's pressure being put down on these coaches to fundraise money. So John Vandermore is, we like to say, one of the better people (laughs) in these situations because John Vandermore, he did accept bribery from Rick Singer, but he put all that money back into the sailing program. He wasn't using the money for personal gain. He was putting it back into the sailing program and helping out the school, ultimately.
0: Well, in the kind of the piece where he didn't make the connection was that Rick Singer was more giving this money to, oh, when I show you somebody, wink, wink, let them in. And John was like, hmm? <laughs> so I don't think John ever let anyone in. It was more that Rick Singer wanted him in his back pocket and was giving the money as good faith, like, hey, when mm-hmm. I call, let someone in. But he never actually did, but he did accept the money as donation yeah and he never used it for himself like the other people like rick singer was paying them personally while he was just donating to stanford sailing through john vandermore and mm-hmm. john vandermore even said that he told the head of athletics and they're like oh yeah we know rick yeah stop talking about it
1: Yep. oh is that the check oh thanks okay you're fine thanks john you're doing a great job fundraising
0: and so john said he ends up going to court that yeah the athletics director they knew but the athletic person denied it he was like mm-hmm. no we don't know anything that was all him how dare he yeah. <laughs> so another person that comes a big player in rick getting caught is rudy meredith who's the yale soccer coach mm-hmm. for women's soccer he was not like john he took the money <laughs> and did what he pleased with it but he's a big player so we just want to set him up and mention him we'll see how rudy comes into play a little bit later yeah because
1: most of these coaches they use the money personal gain also to go back to mark riddell The test taking expert, whiz, whatever he is. There was reasons why somebody would do this. They mentioned that he was having issues in his personal life. He just had a kid. He might have moved or something and he wasn't making enough money working as a test prep counselor or whatever they are. So Rick manipulated the situation. He found him at his weakest point and he offered him money that he couldn't refuse. So okay, now can we go into Aunt Becky? Yes.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) All right. So probably one of the most notable personalities in the this scandal was, as everybody know, Aunt Becky from Full House, mm-hmm. Lori Lachlan, and her daughter, Daughters, Olivia Jade, and also Olivia Jade's older sister, but she's like a nobody, so we don't care about her.
0: I think her <laughs> name is Bella, just for the record. <laughs> okay,
1: Bella's irrelevant. It's all about Olivia Jade, because Olivia Jade was a big YouTube personality. She did like, makeup, lifestyle, um, lifestyle, like, that kind of genre of, like, YouTube. Like, Olivia Jade was a big person in this community, She
0: had a a Sephora makeup line.
1: Yeah, she had collaborations with Sephora. She had collaborations with clothing companies. Like she was a big name in the YouTube space. She's also very important is because in a lot of her vlog style videos, there was always conversation that she hated school. She would come home and be like, I don't ever want to go back to school. I'm so glad that I'm home. I don't want to go there anymore. I hate school. And mind you, she's going to like a private school where it doesn't really fucking matter if she goes or not. But, you know, it's it's not like she's at a public school. She's at private school where she's having like a fun time probably. And even that, she hated it. Mm
0: -hmm. And she's talking about how her parents are going to, they force her to go to school every day and they're going to force her to go to college and Mm -hmm. she's going to be miserable and she just wants to focus on her career and not go to school.
1: (laughs) And that's why people who went to school with her when they found out that, oh, her sister Bella got into U.S. USC. Like, that's crazy. Maybe that wasn't a shock for Bella. We don't know much about her. But Olivia Jade, the girl who hated school and dreaded going to school and doing anything that is regarding school, got into USC, one of the hardest schools to get into, with like a 12% acceptance rate. Like, red flags immediately. And not only was this a shock for many people that Olivia Jade got into USC, but also her guidance counselor was shocked that she got into USC. Now, this was also another, like, the beginning of Rick, Rick Singer's demise was that Olivia Jade's guidance counselor called USC's admissions department and he got connected to like the athletic department where they said, yeah, she's going to be a walk-on for the the crew team. And the high school counselor was like, I don't have any knowledge of her ever being in crew. And with her YouTube life, her vlogging life, she has never mentioned anything with crew, anything like that. So it was just a shock to them all.
0: And so so the father of of Olivia Jade and husband of Lori laughlin was his name massimo massimo Massimo.
1: he's like an italian designer
0: he heard of it and he was pissed and so he goes to the school raging and being like you mind your own fucking business like you know an italian mobster yeah and so donna heinel who's the athletic director of usc who was like in on the scandal and knows that the counselor called and then heard that massimo came in all machismo she calls rick and was like hey Y'all clients gonna act like this? We're gonna have a problem. You know, you need to need to rein it in. Like,
1: yeah, get your shit together.
0: It's getting it's getting too much, and so Rick's like, "Yeah, I'll handle it. I'll handle it." Pretty
1: sure there's like text conversation between Lori and Olivia that's like calling the guidance counselor like a weasel.
0: Yeah, like and Massimo too. They're like, "He needs to mind his own business, the little rat bastard," and like (laughs) saying all this stuff about him. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't reveal his name or what he looks like. So I wonder if he's scared and like in high or something
1: well he was a snitch and he didn't know it
0: <laughs> snitches get snitches
1: <laughs> but yeah that was kind of like the synopsis of olivia jade and like what came of it she had thousands of videos online that people were just going back through and reviewing and seeing like wow it really did not make sense that she got admitted to usc
0: made a lot of people angry too because they're seeing this girl that doesn't even want to go to school she's taking a spot away from kids that really mm-hmm. want to that deserve it more and that was like the big outrage of the United United States of when this all came out because they're thinking of people they know and love that deserve it way more than these rich kids that just got paid off yeah and it and it was a very much us against them like the elites versus the common folk and mm-hmm. it really did not look good for all these rich people it just made <laughs> them more hated
1: <laughs> yeah but well, yeah that's the thing if we go back to like the test prep centers where they're costing on the low end to like 200 to 300 dollars an hour just to get test prep from a counselor where on the high end, it's over like $500 to $1,000 an hour. The common student cannot afford to pay for that kind of test prep. So it is an advantage for the rich. It's clearly an advantage for the rich to get these services so their kids can get better scores where these Ivy League schools and these better schools judge these students based on these scores. So if you can afford to get counseling, training for these tests, then it's clearly an advantage for you.
0: Yeah, and I think we mentioned this earlier, but that was another point of content was that they already had all of the means to do this the right way but they didn't. Yeah. They already have every advantage over the common student and mm-hmm. they still did this anyway. It's just like pissing people off and they yeah. showed videos of people like, I'm pissed. <laughs> like
1: imagine if we just cancelled out standardized, t- standardized testing. If we cancelled out standardized testing there would be no no such thing as test prep counselors. Rick Singer would never existed because what are the merits to get into college now based on like like extracurricular activities or volunteer experience or how many AP classes you take. It's not based on one number that you got on an SAT test if those were ever abolished.
0: Well, and it also they even advocate for getting rid of, well, some of the people they talk to, some of the good side, I think that mm-hmm. they kind of paint them as. That standardized testing is useless. Like it does not, there's study after study showing it does not accurately portray the knowledge and work ethic and all this stuff of a student.
1: Yeah, like applying to a job with a resume it's like how can they tell you you don't have the experience or that somebody else is a better fit by words on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. you know actually get me in there to interview with you guys and i can show you what they're they're judging you off a number on a piece of paper how cliche of that that sounds but it is your whatever number you get on this is it determines your placement and like whatever college you can go
0: to and it really messes up these kids because they're basing their worth off these scores off of what they can get into and it's not healthy like I feel like even when we were applying for college I would say 10 years ago was probably when 2011 when we started applying for colleges I don't remember this kind of pressure like yeah it was intense, it was stressful but I was not weighing my worth and I feel like for kids nowadays it's so different.
1: Yeah, there's just so much pressure on you to go to college. I never felt that either but I don't know if it's just maybe where we grew up like Mm -hmm. honestly like none of the kids in my school ever were like pressured. I guess it just wasn't normal for anyone in my school to go to ivy league schools so it's just not a thing but imagine like in a bigger city like new york or
0: right yeah, you
1: know like something like that where there is more competition for these students to compete with each other to be like oh yeah i got into stanford like i did not hear any of that when i went to
0: school i think for my graduating class like three kids went to ivy leagues and their parents were all lawyers <laughs> yes but they were also really smart too because they had the resources to get their yeah. kids really smart so i mean i don't think there was anything there but i I just think because they were the richest kids in the class, they had those resources.
1: Okay, my test prepped. My test prep was bringing pretzel rods and goldfish to the testing facilities.
0: <laughs> I, my test prep was non-existent. sure did, I had do... enough
1: snacks to get through the test.
0: <laughs> I remember having to pee so bad a lo- most of the time and not and being it, able to pee. That's my like you biggest can't takeaway. Pee. You're going
1: to be looking up answers on the toilet in the bathroom. It's like, bitch, I don't care that much.
0: <laughs> that was me too. Because like most of the schools I was looking at, the school we went to, did didn't even take sats so i was like i'm really just taking this because i feel like i have to
1: <laughs> exactly school damning take sats and i took that shit twice
0: i did too I actually uh. did worse the second time i don't know what that says
1: <laughs> it probably just says that uh, i don't really give a fuck so i'm going to quit right now
0: <laughs> yeah maybe
1: So let's kind of wrap things up. Let's get into the downfall of Rick Singer and how basically he got caught in this entire scandal that has been going on for more than nine to 10 years. So we see in the documentary, a guy by the name of Maury Tobin, who was one of Rick Singer's clients who helped him get some of his daughters into schooling. I don't remember exactly. There are so many damn people in this documentary. Sorry if we don't remember the names, but you guys can look it up after. (laughs) (laughs) But we find Maury Tobin, he was being investigated for something that was unrelated to the college admission scandal. It was more like something with stocks, financial, some of that kind of bullshit. Yeah, white collar
0: crime bullshit that we never experience in our lifetime.
1: (laughs) Yep. He was being investigated for something related to that and the FBI came in and they were questioning him and they were like oh, we see that you have conversations with Rick Singer. Like, what's that all about? And he was like, here's
0: the tea! (laughs) Yeah, he's like, cut me a deal and I'll give you everything.
1: (laughs) Here's the tea! Like, he must have already thought that, like, they knew everything And he was just like, here's the tea. This is what happened. Rudy Meredith from Yale soccer. We bribed him with money to get my two daughters on the soccer team. He basically told the FBI everything that he knew, everything that he did, and everything that he did with Rick Singer.
0: And so they contact Rudy Meredith because they're, you know, they want to get the big dog. They want to get Singer. It's like a drug deal. Yes. So Rudy was like, cut me a deal and I'll tell you everything. Mm -hmm. And so he became an FBI informant so that they could get Singer. I have to say they have actors portraying these people. It's like a lifetime dramatic reenactment. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's up to people's preference of how films are made, but I thought it was a little a little cheesy. <laughs> and so we get this scene this acted out scene of Rudy texting Mark saying oh meet me at this hotel in Boston I want to introduce you to someone that'll be in with us another coach that will be in with us so it's like okay so he goes to the hotel room (laughs) knocks on the door he opens it and he sees the FBI and they're like hello (laughs) hello welcome they said that his behaviors was really odd but it kind of makes sense for a, a smart guy like him he was automatically compliant was telling them everything and he was like I'll get you all the people I'm working with I'll give you all the clients yep. and so he himself became the FBI informant and so this is when
1: and that's where they're saying like usually it's like we, we get the little guys first but in this situation they had Rick Singer they had the kingpin they had the con artist first and then they were going to work their way down to find all the buyers basically
0: <laughs> they are tapping his phone and so he's calling all of his clients all of his people that he works with in the school saying oh they're going to audit my key foundation which was like his you know money laundering Little thing there. They're like, I'm being audited. If they call you, just say you know you wanted to donate, and and so he then he would just go out and say, don't tell them that got your daughter into school by bribing and cheating and doing this, and he would explain everything. Be like, oh yeah, of course, Mm (laughs) yeah. Like they (laughs) they were all so stupid. Which I love because I really got a kick out of all the scenes that they did of him calling all of his rich clients and then just thinking they're so above the law, you know, yeah. not being suspicious at all. And the FBI agents that they interviewed were even saying it's like white collar crime is sometimes really easy because they're not like these, they're not in the drug trade or the human trafficking trade where they're sneaky, conniving. They know how things work. They know how people work. Yep. It's like these people that are in their own little bubble that think they can't be touched. <laughs> and so they don't, they spill everything they don't even care
1: historically white-collar defendants have almost no filter on the phone we know people at goldman sachs who you know recommended you highly my husband and i laugh every day about how great your work was we're like it was worth every cent
0: if he was talking to organized crime members he would have been made as a
1: cooperator within 30 seconds that's like a dream job is to be like a wiretapper because people when they don't think they're being recorded they will say whatever they want and these rich people again like you said like they think that they live in their own little bubble no one's listening but when the fbi is listening to these calls you hear these rich people like basically just telling everything that they did and that's what they wanted rick to do they were instructing rick with these setups to call his people to basically get them to admit to accepting bribes and acting in these in this scandal
0: Mm -hmm. and so we get the with John Vandermore and
1: (laughs) poor guy he
0: he was like I like how you say it you say it you explain it you did it funnier earlier
1: (laughs) oh my god what did I say so John we do think he's kind of innocent but he did do some wrongdoings but when Rick Singer's calling John to basically get him to admit to accepting bribes for getting students on the sailing team John is like "Um, I was just so busy that day like it was so crazy like I was just like walking down the stairs and I get a call from Rick Singer and he's like I got another potential client and I was just saying yes 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 to everything and that's what he was claiming that like he didn't admit to anything he was just so busy and it was so crazy and like Rick Singer called and I was just saying yes to everything he was saying Yeah, to get
0: him off the phone I was he said I was yahing him to death or something yeah but the way you said it was so funny he's like oh my god I'm just so busy I just have no time I'm walking I'm so busy walking down these (laughs) stairs I'm so busy
1: oh $200,000 for another student okay yeah sure whatever Rick okay Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you got rick singer calling you you know what the conversation's going to be like so don't be acting like oh like i don't know what's going on here like sure yeah whatever john okay we understand you're like the most innocent of all these people but you knew what was you knew what rick was calling for
0: right i mean you can only plead ignorance for so long before it's just like either you're admitting you're a dumbass (laughs) (laughs) or you know and he ends up getting the least sentence because the court found that he really didn't do it for his own gain and and, but he pled guilty to racketeering, and he didn't get any jail time, unlike yeah. everyone else. Um, he
1: had, he, like, a $10,000 fine or something.
0: Yeah, he had a $10,000 yeah. fine, six months of house arrest, and then two years of probation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have to live with being a felon for the rest of my life. I have to rebuild my life. And Stanford completely disowned him and was like, how could you do this to us? He betrayed us. <laughs>
1: Which, yeah, because Stanford's athletic department claims they had no knowledge of Rick Singer. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know anything about the money. They didn't know anything. That's what they claim. Mm-hmm.
0: Even though John says differently. And the interesting thing they said at the end was that never before in like a racketeering thing have they seen that the victim comes out with more money. So the Stanford has claimed that they're the victim, yet they have they still have the money that John Vandermore yeah. gave them. Yep. So I thought that was really interesting. Like I feel like these colleges aren't as blameless as they claim they are.
1: Yeah, because I think the ending of the documentary USC says that they donated all the money that was donated to them to like underprivileged kids or something. I don't was even know. Was it the Key
0: Foundation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just redonated donated it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to say of what Rick got, they, oh, yeah. He'll be sentenced once everyone that was involved was sentenced. So he really bought himself time. And so right now he's just living his life like nothing. Because of course he can meet bail. I mean, he's made so. So much money from all yeah. of this. And I'm sure he so. knows people
1: that can help him make bail.
0: Right. So he is just out there living his life. He still hasn't been sentenced yet. And he's not in jail. He's, they say he's Whips. still going for runs and swimming and hanging out.
1: Which we get a clip of him of like a reporter asking him questions. And it's just him like coming back from the gym, getting into his Porsche Macan, like mm-hmm. his $100,000 car and driving away. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, it must be so nice to get caught up in a scandal and still have money to afford a nice car. Mm-hmm. Not bitter.
0: Everyone that got jail time it was like a couple of months Massimo actually just got released what was it last week early because of good behavior and my brother has always made this joke like when celebrities go to jail that it's just club fed like <laughs> they're not going in with club the penguin? Rough... Club... <laughs> yeah, it's just club penguin you know they're not going in with with the rough the roughs of the roughs you know they're yeah they're being held in a different place and it's probably better conditions and so jail was probably it was just like we're in quarantine
1: except if if you're jeffrey epstein
0: well oh god that yeah that's a whole other thing <laughs> i would have to say what he did is a lot worse than all this i'm just gonna say that <laughs>
1: But yeah, what we're saying is basically to generalize it. Everybody that was involved in the scandal, I mean, for the ones that are pleading not guilty, I'm sure they're going to get a significantly harsher sentencing. But for the ones that pled guilty, four months here, another one gets six months, another one gets just a $100,000 fine. Again, if you have money in this society, you have an advantage when it comes to anything, basically. Whether it's getting into college or getting less of a sentence. Money is everything, basically. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Money talks.
1: Money does. Just talk and if you have it then you can get out of these sticky situations
0: and also one of these people Robert Zangrilio, Grilio who was the founder and CEO of Dragon Global he was actually pardoned by Trump in January 2021 really interesting yeah like how well connected are all of these people and they even give the example of Jared Kushner how he got into what was it Harvard or Yale where did he go
1: um I think it was oh my god I don't even know Harvard well
0: it was one of those and his parents got him in through the back door they paid 2.5 million and he was like an average student and he got in yeah this is just rick singer's operation i'm sure there are tons of others just like this
1: exactly so megan what are your final thoughts on the college admission scandal
0: mine is eat the rich <laughs> and
1: eat the rich become the rich <laughs>
0: <laughs> see and one of the people made a good point they're like we hate them but we're so fascinated by them yeah. and it's yeah. so true we love the wealthy Disgust us and
1: they fascinate us. This story was a perfect opportunity to see how
0: rich people live and the realities of the system. The eccentricity, it's so interesting. Like, I would love a mansion. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but it's like you were saying, it's like they have every opportunity to do this and every resource to get their kids into these schools and they still went the cheating route.
0: And I think the pressure of college for kids is out of control. It's because education is monetized. And I think when anything huge like this gets monetized, no one wins.
1: But yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, there is just so much pressure stricken down on these children these days. It's insane. And you see like every time somebody gets into college, They're posting it on social media So Mm. hundreds of their friends are seeing that Oh my god, Sally got into Stanford And I got into fucking Bunker Hill Community College Yeah. You don't want to be like, I got into community college. You know, that's just not, a, that's just not how it is. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you got into Stanford. Like, oh my God, you're so smart. Mm-hmm. Wow. All
0: about status and money. and It is. And kids are suffering.
1: It's also because like, once you get out of college, where did you go? You went, oh, you went to community college. Oh, we're not going to hire you. Oh, you went to Harvard. Oh, okay. Let's set it down and talk. So like it's, it
0: looks better for a company if you have someone who's a Harvard alumni. You yeah. Know?
1: My final thoughts are exactly the same the pressure that it put down onto these kids that are then put onto their parents because mm-hmm. their parents don't want to say that oh yeah Sally went to community college if you're making millions and millions of dollars a year you want to say that your kid went to Stanford mm-hmm. so I'm not saying I know how to fix this I don't know the answers to this right, but it me. is an issue <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first step is recognizing the issue
1: mm-hmm. and I hope Rick Singer gets what's coming to him
0: mm-hmm. he finally needs to get in jail eventually at some point like how long has he been he's been free for like two years come on
1: <laughs> he can be roommate with like the tiger king or something
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh, God, that would be interesting. I'd watch that sitcom.
1: I you guys, thank you so much again for listening to another episode of Crime on Tap. We really appreciate you guys being here and supporting us.
0: Yes, and like us on our social media, which is Instagram, the end, at Crime on Tap pod. Listen to us on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, those other ones that people listen to.
1: <laughs> Whatever those other irrelevant ones you guys are listening on, keep listening to us on those irrelevant ones.
0: <laughs> Even though we, I can't remember the names We appreciate it <laughs>
1: Thank you guys for listening And we'll see you guys next time Where, where crime, crime is, always is always on tap,
0: on tap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>